0: Well, happy Friday, all of you out there in the draft class land. It is combine week, and we just got our first taster of all of those on-field workouts, which apparently are a much bigger deal to couch scouts like you and I, JP, than people who actually do this for a living. But it was still fun to watch the, the defensive linemen, the linebackers, really get into some of those drills and watch some of these incredibly large men moving incredibly quickly.
1: No, I still have. I'm going to have to catch up on the watching of the Combine, cram it all in over the weekend. But uh, I've, I've seen a few headlines, but have yet to see anything. So I'm jealous.
0: Well, we aren't even talking about those positions today. We've already gotten our takes through on those, and we'll give you our sort of recap on that, see who who moved around and done some different things. Of course you are, because you're stuck in a place where you can't get reception. It's just uh, the fun part about having a a life outside of football, as challenging as that might be. But we're going to suck you back into this world for at least the next little while here, because we have got three different position groups on the offensive line and safety still to smash through on our takes on where these guys should be ranking on our top 12-pack, if you will, on our list because 10s aren't nearly as much fun and nobody puts beer in a 10-pack. It's just weird. So, tackles. is where we're going to start things off. We're going to go outside in on the offensive line, start us off at the back end. Who do you have as your 12th-ranked tackle right now?
1: Uh, Currently, it's a guy that you would be talking about, but it's Matthew Bergeron.
0: Mr. Bergeron's also... He's a 12-er for me as well. And the one thing that I noticed from watching uh, Bergeron, we'll call him that with his tape, is... Uh, he does a really nice job of of kind of moving guys around. Like one of the things you, you'll see with some tackles is some tackles just anchor, lock in, and just sort of hold a guy in a spot and sometimes get called for holding. But what I liked a little bit that I saw of him here and there, because that's the fun part about trying to figure out offensive line. You see highlights for wide receivers. You see highlights for quarterbacks, et cetera, whatever offensive linemen it's like i have to watch individual game tape that someone's been nice enough to splice together just the offensive line moving around and bergeron did a really nice job of and went so a little bit of senior bowl stuff of just guiding guys around the edge of the pocket and as a as a tackle that's your goal your goal is not necessarily to to leave a guy here you can sometimes move him eight yards past the line of scrimmage so you're, you're past your quarterback and this dude's out of a play and he does a really nice job of doing that and so he definitely uh and again with all of these positions you're looking for what's their strength going to be what's their agility going to be for a tackle you know how how they can kind of anchor down
1: in there seems
0: like he's off to a good start I'll be curious to see how the combine treats him
1: yeah and I'm glad you touched on the tape talk cuz all this foreshadow for the rest of mine <laughs> my goodness it is hard to find tape on o-lineman I even struggle with some of the back ends of the safeties here but <laughs> you you can look up like any of the top 15, 20 running backs, wide receivers, edge rushers, and find awesome highlight reels mm-hmm. and tape, or even rewatch parts of the games on YouTube. Some of these guys very difficult, <laughs> but anyways, no, number eleven on my list is a guy, another guy. I think you'll be talking about uh, Connor Galvin, the Baylor Bears here.
0: Okay, Connor Galvin, I actually moved up my list because you had him, uh, you told me I needed to watch a little more tape on this guy. And, I did tell And you. I did. And I've got him at nine on mine. And uh, and again, this is, the, for me, and this is the fun part about all of this, is like some of the positions feel like they slotted pretty naturally into a progression. Tackles, it's like they were groupings. There's like three or four guys that I feel really good about, and then there's like three or four guys I feel okay about, and then, I don't know, 15 that I'm, I'm like, maybe? And that's part of the funding. So Galvin's in that kind of maybe-ish category for me, the big thing with him, uh, he has really good lateral movement from the stuff that I was that I was watching uh, of him playing, but I, I saw him get lost on assignments a couple times. And again, this was on single game tape. So this isn't necessarily just watching his highlights, which I think is, is sometimes a better thing if you can actually pick out the player you're looking for. Uh, and he was solid when I saw him in, in his pass protection. I mean, he had a 77 from Pro Football Focus overall for the year, which is which is a good number to have. Uh, and again, he only gave up, um, you know, he gave up about 16 pressures on 460 snaps. That's not a bad ratio for what you're looking for there in four sacks. So he's given up a sack on like 1% of his pass protection plays. And so that's obviously a good sign, too. But he did seem like he got lost here and there on some of the, the assignments when they were when they were trying to, to do some second level running plays. All
1: right, Dan, I got I got a guy here that this is fun take for me because this is my guy. So 10. Not my guy, but it's a guy I'm talking about. But ironically, maybe he is my guy because Mm. I don't know where he's at on your list, but I can tell you this. He's certainly higher on my list than pretty much anywhere else I've looked. But um, it's a guy I've touched on a little bit throughout the season because you knew I had my weird obsession Mm -hmm. with the Arkansas Razorbacks here. But (laughs) Dalton Wagner, man. Yeah, he's sitting at 13 for me. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I forget where exactly PFF had him and anywhere else, but I have him higher. Mm -hmm. You know, you just talked about a guy who had like 16 hurries or something like that on, you know, 400 and some snaps. If you want to count like the hits and sacks in there, it's a little higher, but for exactly just the hurries, he allowed 15 hurries, but 902 snaps. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, 418 of those are pass-blocking snaps, but still.
1: Well, sure. But, you know, you got to... Fantastic grade from pff too. They mm-hmm. gave him an eighty point five. But um I was actually he he was one of the few I could find a little bit of tape on. Mm-hmm. He seems for a, he's a big fella.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He's allegedly like six foot eight yeah. and north of like three twenty. <laughs> so we'll see when the old linemen actually get to the combine. Mm-hmm. But for six eight and north of three twenty, allegedly, either way, don't care what the size ends up being. I know he's a big fella. Right. But he, he's He's pretty darn agile. Mm-hmm. Like you you can just see the way he, like remember I won't give the name away but when I, you and I were talking <laughs> off air and saying that particular people that kind of looked uncomfortable in their stance. Right. Looks comfortable, looks agile, mm-hmm. has incredible size. And he plays fairly aggressive too. So <laughs> I don't know. When you when you have solid numbers, you grade out well. You're that big, you look agile and play aggressive, you're going to you're gonna do well. You're gonna do sure. well on my list, anyway. So,
0: yeah, he did a I'm nice, a big a nice fan. job. Did a nice job moving guys around. And again, that's the thing for me with tackles. Like, I don't want someone who just sits there and does you know a little slap fight. And like being able to move guys around can really wear out a defensive line.
1: Who's next on the list? So this is a very interesting one for me. Next on the list, number nine for me is a smaller school guy. It's McClendon Curtis. Aha. I know we fairly recently talked about him on our small school episode when we went through, mm-hmm. but um, Tennessee Chattanooga, I cannot find any tape on McClemens. You had a lot of great tape, didn't you? <laughs> so, but here is the thing: here is the thing. When you just when you can't find the tape, and obviously there is not many. I did not catch a single Tennessee Chattanooga game. This is purely projection. What? So I am kind of relying on you know a rival of mine called PFF. Nah. And, man, I'm just here to tell you, over the past two years, he's basically graded out at an 84, which is very, very good. Mm-hmm. Taking over 700 snaps in both years. And check this out. So over 700 in both years. So 1,400 snaps, right? Mm-hmm. Five hurries, five hits, two sacks in two years total, mm-hmm. 1,400 snaps. Yeah, that'll do. I, I mean, I you I can sit and read the analysis and go through all that, but all I'm saying is is this is a guy that I got to see at the Combine, dig Mm -hmm. a little deeper, find some tape on. But from what I can see on paper, this is a tackle who played at smaller level competition and had, for lack of better words, for an old lineman, video game-like numbers. I don't know how you really do that. (laughs) It looked like he dominated at the level of competition he had. So I I need to know more about him, but I had to get him on the list. I had to give him a little bit of love. So I put him put him at the nine spot.
0: Right. And he's a guy that played a lot of guard uh, until this past season because, you know, there's another guy there playing tackle. And so he's someone who can be in either spot on the line, pretty much anywhere in the four spots on the line besides center, you can put him.
1: Yeah. And we got a few guys that are like that today. And that's another, it's good. You pointed that out real quick though, because we have these guys at tackle just because of their size and that's right. You know, where they they finished or primarily played in college, but there's a good chance. a number of these guys are guards and in the NFL we'll see I mean hey the also uh, Detroit on the Lions team, figured too.
0: that out when they picked up Vitae and put him a tackle and then like you know what you're a guard you're an expensive guard but you're a guard and that's what happens hey, he should sometimes be c- with players
1: don't get me all fired up Dan he should be ah. number eight on my <laughs> list is Darnell Wright Tennessee Volunteers
0: all right I got him a little bit higher than you do at uh, six but go but uh, go ahead on your take there oh this was your guy oh sorry right just kidding you got me off by moving around the list, yeah. So Darnell Wright is a guy that I've obviously been paying attention to over the course of the season because I mean he's just he was in the, the position group that I was looking at. But the the one thing I'll say for him is this dude has that that uh, ath it's like you say athletic. He's he's extra levels of athletic uh, when you talk about tackles and guys who can move people around. And again, same thing watching his tape, but also watching his Senior Bowl tape. He was doing a really good job of of you know with the hand fighting with just getting guys off of their mark on for a defensive lineman. And again, he's 6'6", 335, so he's a big guy. He hasn't had amazing numbers from pro football focus, uh, but again, same thing goes. And it's, it's interesting sometimes. We're still trying to figure out why guys are at certain points, but I mean, he had an 80 pass blocking grade because he only allowed eight pressures, no sacks on 500 snaps. And, uh, you know, you had and Hooker back there who, you know, is is 90. So obviously he's a, a solid defensive uh, or a solid uh, offensive tackle That's someone's going to be taking pretty high in this draft. I'd say he's probably going to be, and again, you've got him at eight. I've got him at six. He's probably gone by the third round.
1: Yeah, I think <laughs> that Darno Wright is gone by the second round. Sure. I mean, basically what I'm getting at is, I think there's three, maybe four of these offensive tackles that go in the first round, and mm-hmm. I think in the second round you'll see another four. I think by the end of the second round there's eight of them gone. So if you go by our list here, <laughs> yep. Yeah, I believe it. That's just me, though. They, they go quick. Who's seven um, for you? Seven for me is whew, back to this Buckeye thing that keeps popping ah. up with me lately. But. What's DeJuan going on Jones.
0: Here? You eat that look that. Hey,
1: it is what it is. Well, Dewan Jones, he's a four star well, who's not a four or five star guy in Ohio State, let's be right. honest. Mm-hmm. like every team in the country was coming after him. I think Michigan was in on it. I think Bama was in on it. And the reason they were in on it is because he's huge. Yeah. He's quite literally huge. I know that he's six foot eight. I can I think it's safe to say he's north of like three fifty minimum, but I've seen reports say they this have guy's three fifty. Yeah, I've seen. I've also seen reports of him as high as like three seventy five.
0: I I mean, again, on six eight that weighs differently, but I'd still be concerned at that size.
1: Yeah. Well, here's what I can tell you about him. Latin, t- graded out as an eighty two. No sacks. No hits. Only five hurries on seven hundred sixty three offensive snaps. Um, <laughs> huge, huge guy. I, I I did find a little bit of tape on him. And I remember seeing where there was, like, a linebacker that came up and tried to rush or something, and he just crushed the guy. And I believe the commentary guy or somebody on it, because it wasn't, like, one of the tapes where they're playing, right. like, music over it, you know? Mm-hmm. But it, it could have been. I don't know if it was actual TV or somebody just putting it in, but they made a comment of this is, like, Hulk Hogan versus Rocky. Oh, no. From, like, the Rocky films. Because he's that, he's that big. Right, yeah, he's He's, he's huge, man. Mm-hmm. He, he, yeah, so giant guy, he, clearly going to end up being a right tackle. I mean, that's obvious. The guy you just talked about is probably going to be a right tackle right. as well. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I don't know. No sacks, no hits. Huge guy, crushes mm-hmm. people. Um, should be a very, very solid right tackle in the NFL, so there's there's a lot to like about DeWan Jones.
0: Yeah, my first note on him was big boy.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: and that's all you yeah. need to know about him. He's not gonna not, put not, this way. He's not gonna burn up the track at the combine or anything, but you're also not gonna move him. So there you go.
1: That is in accurate a, we, assessment. now. We are in the top six pack, if you will. And this All is right. a guy I like quite a bit who probably will move up my list, but there's just a recent guy that I had a little football crush on, so I gave him All a little right. bump, if you will. But Blake Freeland, mm-hmm. bring it, yep, bring him young cougars. Your yeah. guy.
0: Well, Blake had an amazing season when it comes to all the measurables. When you look at Pro Football Focus, put him in a 91. And that's the highest grade of any tackle that's coming out right now. And that was because he gave up zero sacks. He only had three hits and four hurries. And so, I mean, when you see that type of of production from 460-some-odd snaps, and he's been over 80 each of the last two seasons before this. So a very solid player, very, very consistent with what he does. He's, he's also 6'8". Here's the difference. He's 3'05". So this is a dude who's still a bit trim in, in relatively speaking for a large individuals. Um, the one thing that I saw with him is he has incredibly good movement, which you'd expect from a guy who's that size uh, with that, with, you know, an extra or not an extra 50 pounds like uh, Jones. But I did notice too, because he is, that tall and he is that trim he sits a little high when he does his blocking so i feel like he gets up a little bit too much that he needs to to work on on getting a little lower in his uh his blocks but otherwise i mean you've got a huge wingspan you've got athleticism you've got clearly solid numbers across the board this dude is going to be very good at the next level
1: all right so the the football crush that i I had mentioned Uh number five i got a guy i've talked about fairly fair amount already but cody Mm -hmm. mock North Dakota State Bison. <laughs> He's number four. We talked We talked about him after the the Senior Bowl. He'll he quite literally play all five spots in the offensive line. Right. So I've already talked about all that. The Senior Bowl talked about how great of a person he is and this and that. So I'm just going to tell a little interesting background on him in case people don't know. He's actually was a tight end, which kind of explains the agility mm-hmm. and the versatility mm-hmm. in him and the quickness of the feet. But what's impressive about him, I mean he's 6'5, 303, But when he was recruited there, Dan, mm-hmm. I weighed more than him. And he was six five.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, sure. I've seen that happen. <laughs> That's he the Joe he Staley was
1: thing. two he was two hundred and twenty one pounds. Yeah, somehow this guy bulked up to three hundred and three pounds allegedly. We'll see. He, but ate he a looks lot. like he's three hundred and three pounds. But he's carrying this weight extremely, extremely well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is working out for him. I mean, if there's any weakness, it's – I mean, his feet and his ability to move is agile, but he seems a little stiff. I, I don't know. We'll see. But he didn't – No, because he seemed been like playing that, tackle
0: for three seasons.
1: Yeah, it seemed like he was a little bit of that one on the very little bit of tape that I could find on him. But then I mm-hmm. went back and – Watched like the senior bowl workouts, not the senior bowl because I liked the workouts better. Did sure. not look stiff there. There you go. So I don't know. There's a lot to like about a guy who's got that size, is that good of a character, and can play anywhere on the line. So right. if you just got an offensive line need anywhere, he fits your team.
0: So basically, every team in the NFL.
1: Yep, yep, you could say that.
0: <laughs> so yeah, and that's awesome, and that's something you've just come to expect from North Dakota State players. Like they just the the top guys at that school pretty much. As long as it's not a quarterback, maybe. (laughs) Pretty much produce at the next level. All right, who do you got going into four? Three.
1: Number four, I got Anton Harrison. Okay. Yeah, I'm on four. Because you had Mock at four, right? (laughs) Right, yep. Yeah. So I got Anton Harrison at four. Mm -hmm. Very good player. Only allowed one sack this past year. No hits other than the sack, I guess, if you want to count that. But Mm -hmm. graded out solid. You know, took 800, almost 900 snaps, but... I don't need to talk about him a ton. He's a guy that, heck, I, I drafted him when we did our preseason thing. So I've right. been high on him before the season started. This mm-hmm. is just an extremely, extremely athletic offensive tackle. Like, I mean, if we had to talk about his pure athleticism, <laughs> it'd be between him and, what, Blake Freeland? And yeah, I'd I mean, probably give the nod through. to Anton Harrison.
0: Right, for putting it through all the paces, the only thing Blake's got on him is three inches. Yeah. Maybe.
1: He's he's just a really good player and he's a four-star mm-hmm. recruit guy. I mean, he I don't know. Like I don't we've talked about him quite a bit. I mean, mm-hmm. he's just a really really good player. He's got the ideal size and length. Um right. he's got good tape. If there's anything like maybe improve the run game, the strength because I think what it is is it, again, the tape, I haven't seen a ton of tape on him, but it seems like a lot of what's great about his game is the athleticism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so throw a little more muscle amazing. on this guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe, maybe get him a little stronger and then then we got something special here.
0: Right. I had him slide back a little bit to seven. I think uh, I was just maybe nitpicking a little bit here because we have talked about him so much, but he's another guy that this, he's in that cluster of, if he goes anywhere between like the fourth and the, the eighth tackle, I'm not going to be surprised. All right. Let's get into it. Top three. Have these changed since uh, what we've been talking about throughout the year?
1: Uh, well, they've changed, but I think they're back to the OG <laughs> stances here. <laughs> so, you like number three, yep, number three, it's your guy, Bro Derek Jones, George the bro,
0: Broderick. the bro. Talk about another guy who's got some serious levels of athleticism. Uh, bro Derek Jones is another mountain of a man. He's he's not as big as some of the other guys. He's six four three ten, but it's just something about the way he plays. He doesn't play smaller. I'm going to use air quotes for that because we're talking about splitting hairs here when it comes to that kind of size. But in the last two seasons, he's been a 78 from pro football focus. He's allowed two sacks in two years. So that that shows you where he's at as far as an efficiency of, uh, of blocking goes. And both of those times he was holding down left tackle. And again, this season on a national championship winning Georgia team, he protected, you know, Stetson Bennett's blindside the entire year. And that's I'm not going to say that's an easy task uh, because, I mean, Bennett's all of maybe 5'11". <laughs> we'll see how he measures when it comes to the combine. But uh, when you look at his tape and the way that he moves and does things, um, his mobility is great. Uh, he, he could use a little bit of work on his on his hands and his lateral movement. Uh, but when you when you talk about how he gets set in a spot, that's pretty solid. So Roderick Jones, maybe not quite at the level of the tops you guys were talking about, but he's still very good and will... If he's not gone in the first round, you say there's gonna be four tackles. I don't know. I, this has been such a quirky, you know, idea of trying to plan out the draft. He should be a first round draft pick.
1: Um, I will guarantee you he goes in the first round because I think there's a good chance that Anton Harrison might work his way in there too. Maybe there Mock. We'll see. One of those two will. Because I think there'll be four. One mm-hmm. of those two will work their way up. So number two, I would say Mock just because it seems
0: like something people will do. It's a small school guy. Let's take him.
1: Yeah, it always seems like someone works their way up. Some small school low lineman at the senior bowl does that every year, right? Uh, number two on my list, Paris Johnson Jr., another right. Buckeye. And I, <laughs> I won't lie, I've been back and forth, back and forth with him one, mm-hmm. two, one, two, one, two. He's obviously <laughs> in the top two for me. Um, I mean, this is this is a guy we talked about before the season started as well. I mean, why wouldn't we? He's a five star mm-hmm. recruit. You know, goes to a big program. I mean, we knew he was coming off from the 2021 year where he didn't allow a single sack. So there's a lot to like about him. He's got good athleticism. He's exactly an offensive tackle on paper. We're The guy right. we have at one and the guy you just talked about are more guard size. This is mm-hmm. the best offensive lineman in this class with offensive tackle size. He's 6'6", Which is funny
0: because he played guard last year.
1: Which, yeah, very interesting. So... <laughs> He's it, got, you know, his snaps at, at tackle are a little limited, but there's still a lot to like. I mean, mm-hmm. basically, he does everything in that you could ask for. At definitely above average, but I wouldn't say like elite, but I'd mm-hmm. say like a great level. Sure. And if that's, there's any weakness to his game, I think it's maybe the power in the run game. Mm-hmm. But it's strange because it's like it's almost like he wants to. Maybe he just likes pass plays, pass blocking better. But <laughs> it's like he, because he show he flashes a little bit of the aggressiveness and, and the power, but it's always like on pass blocks, right? Yeah. On, on the running, it's almost backwards to me in a way. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. know maybe like I gotta, maybe, yeah, I yeah, I don't know. I, I, I like you say, I got to go back and find better tape on all these offensive linemen. But sure. all all I really noticed with him is is that, and he di- he. I don't know. Is is he has great awareness from what I had seen because mm-hmm. like people don't get around him, but he does this thing with his head sometimes, <laughs> where he like he dips it, and I'm like, how does he see what's going on? Maybe right. it's just his thing. I don't know.
0: Everybody's like, yeah, like tennis players have their ritual they go through before they do a serve. He's got his thing. It's like I need to dip my head and then get up into it.
1: Well, yeah, it's like maybe he's watching feet. I don't, know. Feet? Like, I don't know. Whatever it is, it's working for him because right. even when he played tackle, he only allowed two sacks, zero hits. Mm-hmm. 12 hurries on 827 offensive snaps. And, yeah, right, and I'm going to keep calling you out for, out for guys
0: Solid. twice as many snaps because they only have half of those as pass blocking snaps usually, dude. Come on now. Get those numbers right for me.
1: But what are you talking about, twice as many snaps? Well, Why does it only got to be pass block? Run blocking's half the game. You yeah, have to not, give them credit for 827.
0: Right, but now there's no pressure on a. They're not going to get pressures on our run
1: play. Sure, but you. are so only gonna get. But the point of me saying 827 snaps is, is durability, right? This sure. is how many snaps this guy's playing. There's a lot of people out there that play tackle only taking 600.
0: Right. I'm just also trying to remind people that you know when you're talking about the the pressures percentage, it's going to be higher. It's going to be half of what you or twice of what you say it is because of the number of, of, of pass snaps. We're just getting in we into the weeds in the numbers. That's not our game. What is our game is talking about dudes who are playing in in positions that uh, everybody wants to try to move them out of, and that's Peter Skaronsky is our top tackle for you and for me. And here's the thing. Because he's 6'4", everyone's like, well, he's too short to play tackle. This dude has been a left tackle for three straight seasons, and especially this year, allowed six pressures on 880 snaps but also 470 passing snaps. So he had an 89. He's the second highest rated Player in the uh, in the the level of college football. I mean, even actually between both. Uh, I think he was third if you count Mock in there as well because Cody Mock was right in that in that range, in that ballpark too. And he's playing in the Big Ten, doing that stuff. And he had games against Ohio State. He had games, you know, against uh, some solid like Penn State, solid offenses. The only one he didn't play was Michigan. Uh, but again, Skaronsky has been right around the top of our list the entire time. He's got really good hands. He latches. He guides guys well. He pulls well even as a as a tackle, which is why a lot of people probably think he can play guard. Look, this is a dude you can plug and play day one. He is going to be, if he's not the first tackle off the board because they want to go Johnson, maybe uh, he should be the second. No worse, I would say, than the third uh, at this position group coming off the board because he's just that good. He may not be the biggest guy, but he is
1: technically very sound, and I don't I don't have a problem with him. He is the technician. Just everything, I don't know, just everything looks like it's he's doing it how he's supposed to do it. That's right. all I can say. Like I have him at one. Don't really care that he's undersized a little bit. It, it, his arm length is going to determine where he plays, mm-hmm. but he's a technician, City. man. Everything looks like it. It's textbook, like footwork, like awareness, you know, bend. All like the things. Everything. Hand, hand placement. He's got it all, dude.
0: Right. And now uh, we usually do honorable mentions. I'm not going to do takes on these guys. It's just names that you need to notice because either they're going to be good or they've fallen. For example, Jalen Duncan, we we both had him a lot higher at one point. We started watching tape. He kept sliding for me. Uh, Jordan McFadden is a guy that I have a lot higher than you do. So we'll be interested to see how he tests out with everything. And then Wanya Morris was in my top 12, not yours. So those three guys are ones that we're going to keep an eye on and see if I can say, ha ha, I told you so to you later on. Let's move on to the guards. We decided to split guards and centers, and so we're doing a 12-pack combined, so eight of guards. Of interior O-linemen. Yes, interior O-line, because uh, not all guards are centers, but all centers are guards, if that makes sense. <laughs> so let's start I with so. the guards, and uh, let's uh, go with
1: your, I guess, your eighth, eight. your eighth guard. Okay. Okay. Here's my irrational ranking. Ooh, I like it. You ready for it? I like it already. But I think you I think you like it because I think you did it too. Probably. I got Caleb Chandler from Louisville Cardinals mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. So here's the thing. Again, broken record here. <laughs> not a whole lot of tape you can find very easily. But what I did find, and because I watched a couple of the Cardinals games, mm-hmm. I like him. Yeah. Uh, same. Not many sites like him. They're weird. I mean, and he did. here's the thing. Even if you go to PFF, he had a rough year in 2022, according to PFF. <laughs> I, I think they, they were a little brutal on his grade. They gave him sure. a 60, and he didn't allow a single yeah, sack. that's rough. Three hits, eight hurries. Mm-hmm. That's a little harsh, but I, I thought his <laughs> tape looked good. And then, heck, apparently they did too. I don't know what their deal was. If you go back to 2021, mm-hmm. he had an 87.7. That would have been the second highest grade of anybody we talked about. There you go. He had 0 sacks, 1 hit, 6 hurries then, but mm-hmm. when, when I watch him, he just I I don't know. You said you saw it too. I mean, mm-hmm. he he looks athletic. He looks like he can do the job. He's got so, solid size. I like his footwork. I like his hand placement. Right. The only I like his bend even even though he, people were saying his bend was bad. I didn't even <laughs> mind it. I don't know what's going on. The only mm-hmm. negative thing I could say about him is that he doesn't have like that nasty side that I like from a guard. Okay. Guards, I like to see get nasty. Sure. Tackle centers, I don't care as much. I like to see it with tackles, but guards just got to. They're supposed to scare you. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's a legitimate. Like concern. I look for Quentin Nelson. Right. He's old. I'll give you that. He's an old, <laughs> older guy. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of. He's guys a around. dude's gonna be like 25 or something like that. Yeah. And, and again, I mean, he's like Hen and Hooker old.
0: <laughs> and that's one of the things you can definitely have a concern about because if a player you're looking at, okay, what do we have? We have two contracts on him now. I mean, like there, there's a point where. It's also you figure a guy peaks at his late twenties, so you've almost it's what you're seeing is what you're getting there. But what you're seeing is pretty darn solid.
1: So, who do you got next on the number seven on the list? Seven's a guy I like a lot, All right. but uh, and I think he's too low. I guarantee you, I'm gonna probably move him up. Okay, but here and talk about him, Antonio Maffi, California, Los Angeles Bruins. Mister
0: Maffi is a guy that even though he was on my list of players to talk about, he wasn't someone that I watched too much until I started watching for this. And you you told me you got to check this dude out. And Mafi, the mm-hmm. one thing that I that I wrote down just to begin with was him was he shifts blocks well. And what that means for me is as a guard, you don't, you can be nasty, you can be just pummeling players, or you can be that, that I don't, I don't want to call it finesse, but it's like, you're almost like you're guiding a guy. Like you're doing some of these, um, you know, Tai Chi type moves where you're just shifting a dude into a spot where you want him to be. And that's a skill that uh, some linemen are really good at and some never really pick up. But six-four-three thirty-nine, Antonio Maffi is a guy who does that. He had an 83 overall score from pro football focus. Uh, gave up three sacks, sure, but at the same time. He just held down that left guard spot the entire season for a team with a mobile quarterback that likes to fly around. He did a really great job in his run blocking as well. So this is a dude who can just come in and move people around and put them where where he wants them to be, and that's a, a great talent to have as a, as a guard.
1: Number six on my list, I got Jackson Kirkland, Washington Huxes. Mm-hmm. and I believe I've mentioned him a couple times. Big Again, boy. you know what's crazy? He's a big boy, similar to uh, Chandler. Mm-hmm. he's another old feller i mean this is this is kenny pickett this is Henning Henn hooker old but <laughs> i do feel like i have to say this if you're going to draft a, a player at a position who's a little older and not feel too awful about you know how many contracts you're you're going to get out of him, right it's going to be an alignment especially if you think he's going to be good because they could they can play mm-hmm. well into their their 30s well into it well into their mid to late 30s yeah they're already wearing so, knee brace not yeah see so here's here's the thing Not the greatest athlete, but heck, heck, he's an old man. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) He's 6'6", 322, not the greatest Mm -hmm. athlete, uh, but he flashes. We're starting to get into the area where he's flashing what I'm looking for from a guard. He's got Mm. that little bit of the nastiest, like, mean streak. He gets out of his stance quick. His hands, man, he gets his hands out super Mm. fast. He's like, he's India right away, so I, I like that competitiveness, if you will. I don't know exactly what I want to say on that, but the only negative thing I can say about him is he he just doesn't look all that agile. He's not going to be your pulling guard. Let's Mm -hmm. just say that. (laughs) He's going to be your in-the-box guard who's getting into you and think he needs to get a little stronger. Um, Like I said, he plays nasty and he gets into you quick. Yeah, he does. If he could get a little stronger, he could be a definitely non-pulling in-the-box guard, solid player no doubt all right he's a next? little older though uh number five your guy you got a little bit of a run here dan you Uh-oh. got three back to back this you better start warming I'm ready up for this start you at five with Jarrett patterson notre dame fighting irish yeah and Jarrett patterson
0: uh had himself a, a pretty solid season he's a guy that uh, you know was a little bit of a name rep if you will to start the season uh, because he's had a couple of good years in a row for Notre Dame. He's been a center. He was a guard this year, so he shows that positional versatility. That you like to see if you do need him to step into the, the pivot, he can handle it, 6'4", 3'10", so ideal kind of quick-moving guard size. And So put it this way, he had uh, an 81 and a 79 last two years playing center. He was down to a 70 this year because he's you know playing a different position. But here's what I can tell you. In his entire collegiate career of 3,000 snaps – And again, sixteen hundred of those being pass blocking snaps, zero sacks. This dude has not been credited with a sack his entire career. And he's been credited with five quarterback hits his entire career. So this is a dude who just gets the job done. He may not have the greatest scores on anything, but he knows how to play football. He knows how to protect his quarterback. What more can you ask for on offensive lineman?
1: Yeah, I mean (laughs) that's what you don't don't let the quarterback get hit. That's your whole job. Yeah. All right. I'll steal a little bit of the thunder on the next one for you. Let's talk about this super strong guy. Seems how we've been talking about people who need to add strength. This guy does not. (laughs) Number four, and he could, I guess. Andrew Voorhees, South California Trojans. Jeez.
0: You know, talk about another guy who's just an absolute beast of a human being. Um, I would not uh, get into a disagreement with this man. Like, I I just I don't think even if even if he was wrong, I'd be like, okay, I can see where you're coming from, because I would be going into a plate glass window. I'm kidding. He's probably a nice dude. But when you look at somebody who's 6'6", 325, I mean, even his mugshot on Pro Football Focus, he just looks like he's wanting to hurt somebody again might be totally delightful uh he is an older guy there's no doubt about that his first season of stats is in 2017 so he's a 24 year old dude who should be good at this point right but had a 90 last year and 81 this year uh and that was split last year at uh, left guard left tackle so he does again have some positional versatility if you need him to he played right guard earlier in his career so this is a dude who you can slot anywhere on the line pretty much and he's going to give you at very least a serviceable you know opportunity out there uh, he did give up two sacks this year, so that's that's a bit rough, but uh, he's improved every year pretty much uh, until this year. This past year, he, was, he dipped a little bit, but that's also because he was playing one position the whole time that he hadn't played as much before, and so again, just overall solid player who is literally solid. You're not going to move him around. Now again, I'm not sure on his agility numbers necessarily, but again, you don't necessarily need that for what he's doing. So, yeah, Andrew Voorhees, just lock him in. He will lock it down, and you can just have people go around him because they're not getting through him.
1: All right. The last of your little trio run here a, a very solid player, but number three on the list, Steve Avila, Texas Christian Hornfrogs.
0: This is a dude who played a thousand snaps this year, JP. A thousand mm-hmm. snaps because they have such a weird. Well, like snap. mentioning that
1: durability, that's a lot of snaps. That's man. a lot of
0: snaps. And again, uh, he played seven hundred last year, and this is a guy who, again, played multiple positions throughout his time there. He's played a little bit of right tackle, a little bit of right guard, a whole bunch of center last season, and then left guard this year. So again, positional versatility is huge in today's NFL when you've got a guy that can can move around because dudes get hurt sometimes. And so, left guard all this season though had an eighty three in his pass block, which was important at this school because. You know, they, they throw the ball a lot at TCU. They run the ball a lot, too. I mean, they, they ran the ball almost 500 times. They threw the ball 540 times. Or at least had that many snaps, right? Zero sacks the entire season. Had nine hurries, two hits. Like This is a guy throughout, uh, again, 1,000 pass-blocking snaps over the course of his time at TCU, four sacks. So, th- those are numbers that I'm okay with. 6'4", 330. He's a, he's a, again, he's 23, so he's a little bit older as well, but another player who just gets how to play the position. And again, that's kind of where we're coming from with these guys. You can try to get into, you know, bend and and flex and movement, et cetera. But at the end of the day, does he know how to play? He knows how to play.
1: All right, Dan, you're finally at at your break here. I got number two on my list. This is crazy for me. Definitely planting a little bit of a flag. I don't know Mm -hmm. if he'll stay here, but I got excited. Just maybe a little overzealous. We'll see, though. But number two. guard, not centers here mm-hmm. included, but just guard, Chandler Zavala, North Carolina State Wolfpack. Mm-hmm. So this isn't like, you know, I mean, ACC, I mean, it's solid competition, right? You can't knock sure. it. So here's the thing, zero sacks, man, <laughs> over the last two years. Mm-hmm. Now, 2021 was only like 400 snaps or so. This past year it was about 750, but no sacks. Mm-hmm. One hit between the two years, and between the two years, only seven hurries. Mm-hmm. So zero sacks, one hit, seven hurries over the past two seasons. That'll do. Yeah, this is a guy that it, I had to—I dug so long after seeing <laughs> those numbers to try to find tape on him, mm-hmm. and still came up. I would, I would say, very short still, but I found some tape. He does look very good. He's a bigger guy. He's probably 6'5", 220, 3, 225, 325 still. <laughs> so he's a big guard. But this is a guy, you know, even though I couldn't find much tape on him, I did find some interviews. He didn't even start playing football until his senior year of high school. Okay. So he's he's still very much figuring the game out. Mm-hmm. Seems like a, an extremely nice gentleman, which is kind of strange because, I like I said, I like to see the nastiness in the guards. but mean be nasty between the um, lines. I definitely – Definitely can't wait to see some of the combine tape on mm. him. See how his footwork. I can't speak to any of that. I just sure. can't. Right, which is why I said I probably got overzealous because <laughs> I'm literally <laughs> going by what I could see on paper with him and in the right. interview and his character. But you know, I I don't know much about his footwork because mm-hmm. the tape that I could see wasn't even great tape. You know, I don't right. I don't know about the hand placement. I don't know about the bend. I don't know about the athleticism. Mm-hmm. I I just know that. He looks good, and he didn't allow any sacks, right. so there's more to be said about him. Well, He's another guy that number seems one like he on,
0: does a good job of moving people around, moving them off off the ball. The big question for him is his, running, uh, his run blocking, if he can improve yeah. there.
1: Number one on the list, I think he's going to stay here, and I think he's number one on everybody's list for guards, but mm-hmm. my goodness, Osiris Torrance. What can we say about Osiris Torrance that hasn't already been said, or that people don't know? I mean, he was talking about a guy. A- just he's just not going to allow a sack. He's not going to mm-hmm. allow a hit. Maybe a few hurries, and he's going to grade out at an eighty-eight. This is what he's done for the past two years. I mean, you look at it, past two mm-hmm. years. If we're looking at total fifteen hundred snaps or something like that. Yep. No sacks. One hit. Mm-hmm. That's. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. And he's playing in the SEC. He's playing. He, he's he's playing. No sacks, no hits this past year. He's playing against guys like Jalen Carter and Will Anderson mm-hmm. Jr. You know all the top guys in this draft, right? And he's just like, yeah, he ain't getting one on me. No, and, and that's I, the thing too, today.
0: Uh, because he jumped up from Louisiana Lafayette to Florida this year with uh, with the coaching change with Napier moving. He moved with him, and so you see a guy dominating at one level, but then he does it again at the next level. That's that's all you need to know. Osiris well, Torrance will be the first guard off the board. Uh, where that happens is a question, but he will definitely be the first guy out there because he was just designed in a lab to play guard.
1: <laughs> yeah. Because he's 6'5, 337. And mm-hmm. I'm just saying the, the drive that this guy has off the ball, he's got the nastiness, that yep. nasty mean streak that I, I like. He has that.
0: Yeah. I'll give More that. so
1: than probably anybody else in here. <laughs> his drive off the ball is just, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. And it's a cool story to me because he was only a three star recruit, obviously, mm-hmm. like he's talked about him, you know, working his way through. But. I don't know. Really excited. I'd be. He could be a guy the Lions take at eighteen, and I would not be angry about it.
0: Nor should you. Could be. you
1: imagine that, Dan? Could you imagine that? Taylor Decker, mm-hmm. right, right. Jackson, mm-hmm. Ragnar, Torrance, and Sewell.
0: Yeah. The the quarterback, the running backs. Everybody would be very happy to have those guys in front of them.
1: That would be. Does if they took Torrance? Just let's do this real quick. Uh, if they took Torrance, put him in I right guard. Is to. that the number one line? It is. It's probably is that is. the number one line in football. I still
0: think Detroit needs focus defense. We aren't on that topic right now. Get back to it.
1: Oh, totally agree. We're out, We're the, on the centers it the number now. one line in football. We're on
0: the centers Number one now. line in football. If it they do be. it, we'll see. We can we can discuss that once they get there.
1: We're on the centers now. You're no fun today. Grumpy.
0: No, I'm not grumpy.
1: Number four, your list, Oluolu, Olu, Michigan, because I can't say his name. Ah,
0: Olusugan Oluitimi. Probably still pronounce it wrong. This is a guy who played at Virginia for the past couple seasons, then jumped over to Michigan and didn't miss a beat, jumping into a whole new offensive line group. He has been a center his entire life. This is a again, you talk about guys who who have positional versatility, whatever. You could probably put him a guard, but he's a center, and and it's like he he must play center. It's just how he does things, right? Uh, this year had an 80. Last year had an 80. This year, zero sacks. He gave up five hits. And I say gave up, right? You know, but it's just like, this is a player who just he was on a offensive line that's been spectacular for a couple seasons now. And he didn't miss a beat jumping right in with them running an offense with other guys who'd been playing with other people the year before at 63307 is about what you like to see centers generally look a little trimmer. And so exactly what you want from a size standpoint, exactly what you want from a pass blocking standpoint, very smart player, uh, because you have to be to go to Virginia and Michigan. I'm sorry, just it's true. So again, he's not necessarily, at one point he was like my favorite center and he's still probably my favorite center, but he's not the, he's not the best center, but he is going to be drafted. He's going to be playing and you can stick him on your line right away. And you're not going to be having a problem.
1: Number three on the list Another guy you're talking about. Thankfully, you're talking about a Buckeye this time, Luke Whipler. Yeah, but you, know? you
0: wanted me to talk about a Buckeye. Luke Whipler. Uh, you know what?
1: You needed to. Yeah. It's good for
0: you. He's a guy who, again, same thing, has played center two straight seasons. He gave up uh, one sack in two years uh, and a couple of hurries, a couple of uh, of hits over the course of that time as well. And so an 82 from football focus this past year, six three, three hundred. So, again, very similar sized player, very similar uh, on a lot of that stuff, the the things that I will say with him is uh, he does a great job with pulling. He does a great job. He seems very very smart. He does get driven back a bit. I noticed that when he was doing the the senior bowl stuff is he doesn't lock down as well as you'd like him to. Because again, as a center, unlike a guard who can or even a tackle who can shift a guy around a line, the center's kind of got to set that point. For the pocket, and so I was a little concerned that he was willing, at least in some of those drills, and yeah, it's more drills than, than game tape, but willing to get pushed back, and that made me a bit concerned, but otherwise, he's a solid player.
1: Very solid player. Uh, number two center on my list is a guy who is quickly becoming one of my favorite offensive linemen to watch mm-hmm. in this draft, and again, you really got to fight to find tape even on him, but Joe Tippmann, Wisconsin Badger.
0: Oh, you're All a right, fan.
1: so – uh, man, I'm a big fan. He's a huge, huge center. He's almost got a little Frank Ragnar on him. There you go. He's allegedly six six at center, so that could be a weakness for him because being that <laughs> tall at that position, unless you can have good bend and get out of your stance quickly, I mean, people get under you. Defensive tackles yeah. can get under you, and that's not good.
0: And, that, you know, that Kyler Murray can't of kills
1: That kind of kills the leverage battle, but, I mean, he he's a mauler, dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, he'll he'll put you on the ground. He's he's athletic. He's smart. He's instinctive. I, uh, he, I mean, his strength is is ridiculous from what I can see too. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. He just he just moves. He's smooth. I like everything about this guy. Like the things that I like <laughs> about him are the things that could be his weaknesses, which sure. I don't even know if that makes sense. The 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 only things I could say about him is it seems like he gets a bit handsy, so he mm-hmm. might get some penalties on you. Mm-hmm. And, and he's tall, he, so you know he's got to figure out how to get out of there quick, especially in the NFL. Yeah, but there's a lot to like about this guy. And he also looks I like mean, he has an amazing
0: gotta, mullet, kind of curly haired mullet thing going on. So
1: that's always it's always kind of fun, I suppose. It just gives you I an mean, idea he might be a little yeah. bit more
0: nasty, right? You don't wear a mullet if you're not a little bit, a little bit afraid right to get down and dirty.
1: Yeah, and he's only allowed one sack in two years too. So and that's a team. I, I digress Wisconsin. on him. Yeah. Yeah, they play some good competition. No, no, we're gonna stick in the Big Ten number one center. Okay, I'd highest like grade offensive out, lineman. By I the believe
0: way, that all four of our centers are from the Big Ten. So, eh, sorry, so, rest that's what of they do the there. league. I mean, Brett Nealon was good. Uh, Alex Forsyth was good. Just a couple names to make you feel like we're not paying. We're paying attention to more than just the Big Ten, but the Big Ten had the best ones. So go for it.
1: Well, hey, number five center on my list is Juice Scruggs. He played for Penn State. So. so that's my point. <laughs> Whoops! You and your Midwest bias, Hey, It's just it is what it is, right? And tape don't lie. All right, and you know who's got great tape is John Michael Schmidt, oh highest graded offensive lineman that I think we've touched on today,
0: ninety
1: two point three. Yeah, we we can share this take if you want, but he <laughs> he's good. We've talked about him a lot. He's really really good. Uh, he's a guy that I I think he should go in the first round. I keep mm-hmm. giving him to Cincinnati. Sure. And the curious thing about him is, though, is you, do you think he's a player? I, I, you clearly want to play him at center, yeah. but he's a, I feel like he's a guy you could play at guard if you wanted to. You could.
0: I mean, he hasn't had any reps at guard. But again, I feel like anybody who plays center and again, obviously, we just talked about that with Olu, needs to get at least a little bit of time to see if they can play guard. Because, again, as a team, if you've got a really good center, but, you know, you might move on from him in two seasons. Pick this dude up, let him play guard for a bit, I mean and and then slide him over if you need to. So he strikes me as being a, a heady enough type player to where you can give him a new position, he'll pick it up fast enough and be ready to roll. He's also an older guy though. He's he's twenty three, almost twenty four years old now. Uh, and so All that's something to be concerned Lyman about. But yeah. Something to be a little bit concerned about. But otherwise, I mean this is a guy who for four straight years has played center for Minnesota and has played it at a high level.
1: Strength, his strength and the power and the drive. That's why I like this guy. It's outstanding. (laughs) Yes. Strength is his strength. There you go. Huge fan.
0: Any other notes on the centers you want to get into?
1: No, they're all Big Ten, man. I think it's time to get into some beer.
0: There you go. And again, of course, we've been doing the beer topic is we're looking at uh, beers that fit positions. And so today, you've got safeties, I've got offensive line in general. So we're going we're gonna to give you some archetypes of positional players and then some people that it kind of fits with and then some beer that it kind of fits with. So go for it, bud. What do you got to start us off with?
1: Oh, you want me to go first? You know what's funny is I cheated a little bit with a couple Uh-oh. things today. Not surprising. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. And the reason being is, and not all these guys made the top 12, if you will, but there's obviously more than 12 good safeties today. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to start with Jamie Robinson from the, the state of Florida, sure. Florida State Seminole. He is specifically, but there's also two other safeties that will be drafted. They're both from Florida, though,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that's Torrance, the brother of Osiris Torrance, Rashad mm-hmm. Torrance, and you also got Trey Dean III, right? Mm-hmm. So what I'm doing is is just because there's so many good safeties from the state of Florida, I just went with the Florida <laughs> beer that from Jay Wakefield Brewing. It's ah, yes. called let my tape rock <laughs> yeah that's fitting it just it just made sense because he's good like i feel like jamie robinson would be a guy just be like yeah put on the tape mm-hmm. let my tape rock let's go <laughs> but that with that being said it's just in american imperial stout i mean it's packing a, a solid punch i mean i was just reading the reviews on this thing i didn't even go into like I've never had it, so there you go. I'm not giving you my take on it. I mean, it graded out as a ninety-nine out of a or no, it graded out as a hundred. Exactly a hundred. But ninety-nine <laughs> people have rated this thing to get it there. And I've read mm-hmm. like some of the reviews on it. Not not a single bad thing. Put it this way. One of the reviews was this simple coconut dreamboat with like eight explanation points. <laughs> That's a good problem to have. So you got a Florida beer, you think like tropical, coconutty vibe, and you know I'm a sucker for coconut porters right. or stouts as you are as well, and I'm all in. I'm sure. all in.
0: Yeah, you can't go wrong with a little bit of coconut. i gonna tape jump. rock. There you go. And that's just a fun name. And a guy like Jamie, we'll talk about him later, but that name, I mean, the dude better go up and hit somebody, right? But uh, mm-hmm. we're going to jump to the other side of the country for my first one on the list. And again, these are beers that either we've tried and we really liked and we think you need to try uh, or ones that we want to try that we think totally fit. And this is a, a want to try that totally fits. That's the Rusty Nail from Fremont Brewing Company in Washington. I didn't have a Washington player that I wanted to give this to as much as I could have. Uh, I you could have given it to, uh, to your boy, uh, the big man from Washington on the offensive line, but I didn't, I didn't feel like it was quite right to do that. Uh, so instead, uh, I went with uh, another guy from the West Coast, and that's Andrew Voorhees, another dude who can just absolutely maul people. And the reason why is because this is a 13.3% oatmeal stout. And here's the reason, the, on top of that is uh, it starts off as an oatmeal stout, just a normal oatmeal stout that they do with smoked barley, pale malt, etc., aged on cinnamon bark. So it's a cinnamon stout, an oatmeal. Then it becomes the rusty nail after spending 15 months in 12-year-old bourbon barrels. So you got a bourbon barrel-aged oatmeal stout that comes in at 13.3% and is just going to maul you. And that's what a guy like Andrew Voorhees does. He just mauls you.
1: So the, the next one I'm going to talk about, you know, I- It's my lamest comparison I've done so far from player to beer. You Mm -hmm. know, I use my guy, Quindell Johnson, from the Memphis Tigers, but Mm -hmm. as far as relating outside of just being from the state, like it doesn't really relate to him. I just was looking at beer that I hadn't tried, and I think I'm going to end up in the Tennessee area sometime this summer. (laughs) So it's fun looking at it. But Mm -hmm. I was going to, uh, like uh, the reason I say I think I'm going to end up there is because I'm probably going to Kentucky, Tennessee, do a little bit of a bourbon run, if you will. Yeah, and that's why this one caught my eye the black bell imperial stout so i'm not a huge bell mead fan but bell mead bourbon is solid and it's one of the Mm -hmm. ones that kind of got me into it if you will because it's one of the ones you can kind of find on the shelf that is interesting and not a lot of people talk about you know try to try something different but Mm -hmm. the cool thing about this one is is obviously it's a bourbon barrel aged stout so it's coming in at 13.2 percent but um it's a bourbon barrel-aged stout that doesn't have any of the coffee vibes. Oh, like, almost go. all of them have coffee vibes. It's literally just bourbon, oak, and chocolate. Thank Obviously, you. they got the chocolate in there, but it was just interesting to me. There's no coffee vibes in it, so it caught my eye. Yeah, and I'm
0: a generally fan of that. You know me. I'm not as much of a uh, coffee person anyways, So, which is, of course, slightly awkwardly funny because I'm going to talk about a beer that has a little bit of a, of a coffee angle to it as well. But uh, you, sir, have had... This one, I believe. I have not, and so you just can't pronounce it. The Hunapu's Imperial oh, Barrel-Aged Stout Cigar City. This is the next one I'm talking about. It's a 10.2 plus, and the reason why I grabbed this one is it is one of those just thick just, just beers that just sits there and sticks with you. And so if you're going to have somebody who's going to sit there and stick with you, I mean, as much as I don't like giving any love to Buckeyes, Dewan Jones is basically just like, he's going to stand there and you're not going to move him. I don't care what you're going to do. He's just going to lock in. He's going to be that guy and he is going to get things absolutely done for you. And again, this is a beer in the Hunapu Imperial Barrel Aged or just the regular stout, either one of those. You got a little bit of spice in there, you've got a little bit of just viscosity, there's vanilla, there's all the flavors that you need to have in a beer that's just going to sit there and just stick on your insides.
1: All right, so this next one for me, I took a similar take as what I did with Florida here. I took an <laughs> Alabama beer, and you mm-hmm. know why I took an Alabama beer? Because- is that? Because I believe, yeah, quite li- in the top eight, we have three safeties from Alabama. We do weird so i felt like it was necessary to pick that up and then i found a beer that's called snipe hunt ipa so you got three stud safeties in the back of that defense to snipe in it just Mm -hmm. made sense Mm -hmm. not only that you know i'm a sucker for grapefruit ipas ah so this is an imperial ipa that's heavily grapefruit influenced Mm -hmm. but um the, one of the crazy things, again, today for some reason I decided to read like the user reviews on these beers rather than like the descriptions for beers mm-hmm. I've never had. And one of the user reviews on this is a, a guy said he had been looking for this beer for a while. He finally found it, and you know how IPA shelf life isn't that great? Right. He said this was well past the shelf life, <laughs> but he bought it just because he hadn't been able to find it in a long, mm-hmm. long time. And he's like, dude, it held up. It was fantastic still. He's nice. like, so he's like, I've never had it fresh. He's, the review's like, I'm dying to try this beer fresh because I had an old expired version and mm-hmm. I very much enjoyed it. So, that's that, I mean, sign. that says a lot for an idea. Yeah.
0: Right. Definitely. And the last one I'm going to talk about is, I don't have to get into the beer too much, but it just seemed fitting as we're coming up upon its release date. And that's Bell's Oberon. Oberon is just such a classic beer of the wheat variety. Throw an orange in there, you're good to go. And it's just something that you know what to expect every time you're getting something solid. You're getting it, in this case, it's starting March 20th. So, I mean, it's already coming out, coming up to it here in a few weeks because they just keep releasing it. I think they've, they've settled on, like, the first day of spring is now the release day for Oberon. Uh, but a player that just is, again, a sunshiny sort of thing, Osiris Torrance, dude who's just there. He's going to get the job done. You know what you're getting out of him. You're going to be happy with the result. And you're not going to have any complaints. I mean, I'd give him an orange and see what happens. But yeah, Osiris Torrance played an orange and it just seems fitting for that with Oberon. So that's our beer break. Let's jump into our defensive backfield. We've already done uh, corners and we split up the safeties because uh, we wanted to make sure we got them in roughly before and around all the other position groups and, and when they're going to run. Of course, safeties. Are going to be today along with the other defensive backs for the combine. So let's get rolling with your
1: number 12. You better keep chopping away, Dan, because and this is gonna be I can't wait to hear what you say about Ooh. this. Cause this is a guy coming off from last year we were extremely high on, and he did not exactly back it up this year. But Brandon Joseph transferred to Notre Dame.
0: Tell you what, man, uh I he didn't even make my top twelve. I'm gonna be honest with you. And this is a guy... Oh, I take it back. He's he 11. Sh- I think
1: I put him there arbitrarily just based on how great he was at Northwestern in 2021.
0: Right. He. he I take it back. He is, he's sitting at number 11 for me, and it's just, man, what happened? Uh, I, he's a guy who is going to no have to idea. answer... Well, he's going to have to answer some questions when it comes to uh, the, the interviews that they've already done, so obviously he's already answered those questions for teams. But uh, when you look at his two seasons before this, uh, the 2020 COVID shortened season, he had an 83... Uh, and then he played solidly last year at Northwestern had uh, had good numbers. and so that's the question of like what happened you moved to, to Notre Dame, which you'd presume uh, would be you know a move up in not say a move up in competition because you're still playing in the, the the big 10, but you're going to Notre Dame to play for a new head coach who's, you know got the the team on track and you're moving forward and it just seemed like everything pointed toward him having a real big season where he was just going to be absolutely crushing uh, the numbers and really putting a ton of stats up on the board and then it just it didn't happen he and he had 30 tackles he had 79 last year and again you know, I mean you you can look at uh, at where he finished and, and and how he did things he didn't play as many games this year he he missed a couple of them uh, towards the end of the season but even the ones he did play he just didn't do much and i don't know if there's a nagging injury we hadn't heard about uh or what have you but uh, going from 79 tackles and three picks and uh, you know the four pass defense to just 30 because he had a little bit of an injury but also just in general didn't seem like he produced the time when he did play i don't know he's got some questions to answer
1: yeah he's got a lot of questions to answer um Number 11 for me, back to the old Buckeye well I go. Sir <laughs> so, Ronnie Hickman, safety, solid size 661200. This is 205 probably. You know um, your Buckeye love. Well, here's the thing. Again, he he was as bad as Joseph, but it was kind of more <laughs> off the 21 2021 tape. This is a true mm-hmm. junior, but 2021, this guy had like 100 tackles in and a pick. And what I'll say is he's he seems like a safety, like his weakness would be, I don't know if it's the instincts or the awareness or the vision or confidence, whatever it is on the passing side. Seems like he really likes to hit people. <laughs> like he loves going in the lo- mm-hmm. the run game. He goes for the big hit. He doesn't wrap up a whole lot. So he What's didn't have a problem? ton of missed tackles, like maybe like 11. Well, it's probably because he hits so darn hard. <laughs> I mean, It's not the hardest hitter, but I mean, you get it. That's mm-hmm. what he likes to do. He lowers the shoulder. He goes for the big hits, but... I just wonder if he could have even chopped like three or four. Could you imagine if you had – I don't know how many missed tackles he had in 2021 per se, but in 2022, Mm -hmm. I can pull that up. He had 15 missed tackles in 2021 when he's allegedly credited for like 100. If he chopped that in half, he had 100 tackles only seven were missed. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's crazy good, but I'll say this. The the 2021 tape was just all the tackles, and the 2022 is where Mm -hmm. it looked like he started to put all the game together and focused on being like a coverage safety. So it, the style shifted from year to year. It'll be curious how that transitions.
0: Yeah, and again, that's the 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 positive side of that is to say that he can play either. The negative side of that is he's still trying to figure out who he is as a player. So you know, correct. Hey, that's part of the fun. Absolutely correct. Part of the fun. All right, number ten.
1: Uh, this is your guy, Chris Smith, Georgia State or Georgia State, Georgia Bulldogs. Georgia. You. I called him Georgia like State. Like him.
0: Significantly less awesome as I do, as I can use words
1: and the rest of the world. Sorry, yeah. What's your what's your hate?
0: Let's start with your hate first, and then I'll tell you why he's good
1: for Christopher Smith. You know, originally, I guess the hate was kind of more based on size. I guess I mean, it's weird because I Mm -hmm. like the 6'1, 200 pound. You know, safety, but anymore, you even see guys like your Isaiah Simmons and whatnot. You got mm-hmm. these linebacker safety hybrids like your JL Skinners. And I, right. I like these these mismatches, if you will. Mm-hmm. Like, but he's a 5'10, 188 guy. Like, 5'11, I mean, 195. I don't We'll see. see.
0: Has he even got in the combine? He, he's. Today, I think they've done measurements. I don't think it's on the, the official one yet, but we'll find out today where he comes in at. He's a small guy. There's that's he the just, one. He's knock small
1: he and out. he doesn't get off blocks well because of that. And I don't know that I really saw a whole lot in his Here's vision. What I saw.
0: See, that's the difference. I disagree on that. What I saw was I saw a guy who diagnosed plays pretty quickly and made movement to the ball and and got there in a hurry. And when he saw something develop, he was a dart going toward the ball. And so that's the kind of stuff that I like to see out of him. And that's the reason why I am a lot higher on him than you are. And I think probably where other people are, too. Uh, that's the piece that I'm less concerned about than the the size is the only real knock I have on this guy personally. So we'll be we'll we'll continue to debate him as we go through uh, the combine season and, uh, and see what he can do without any you know defenders around him. <laughs> as far yeah, I mean, as the, if you're
1: if you're small for a safety, or if you're, he's small for a corner. So if you're small for a corner, you're definitely small for a safety.
0: Sure, but if you can still come up and hit somebody, that's all that matters to me.
1: Mm. Number nine. I don't know. nine you again nine you again he's one of the sets of brothers in this draft sydney Uh brown from illinois fighting the lion i
0: tell you what i got him a little bit lower on my board but uh that's also because i think i still need to look into him a little more and sydney brown of course one half of the uh the other half being chase brown these this is a uh incredibly athletic guy i mean you can tell that by both of the boys are incredibly athletic uh with this with his family I'm not sure what's in the water over there, but they definitely got raised to play football. There's no doubt about that. And again, you think about it, he's obviously going to be halfway decent having to try to tackle his brother for years, right? But uh, Sidney Brown had uh, 59 tackles this year, this past season, and then uh, 69 year before. He's he's been basically a four-year starter, and he chipped in a fifth year too because he could. And so a little bit older, sure, but at six foot, 205, solid. And here's the thing. When you look at uh, every season up until this one, you know, he had some pass defense. He had a pick. Okay. This year, six interceptions. So I'm curious to know if that's an anomaly or if he just figured out a way to find the ball better this year. And so that's definitely something that I'm curious about with him going forward. But six picks in a season and seven passes defense. This is a guy who can get it done in the back half of a defense.
1: Okay. So now I got a little bit of a run here myself. Get into it. I got four in a row, so you can kick back, (laughs) fella. Yeah, I'm going to start in Alabama. I said there are three Alabama guys in the top mm-hmm. eight. Jordan Battle. Mm-hmm. Okay, Jordan Battle's got safety size. He's 6'1", 210. He's definitely of the three safety-ish players because one of the guys kind of filled in a corner too because he has that <laughs> versatility. But uh, of the safeties, I feel like he might be the best athlete. It will be curious to see because mm-hmm. I bet you he probably can run somewhere in the four fours or very close to it, I, I'm betting he's in the mid four fours. Okay. So it's weird to say; it's almost like he plays. He's got the safety size, but plays safety kind of like a corner, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Because if yeah. there's anything that needs to be cleaned up, like he got better through his career. But I mean, like you say, when you go back and watch some of these tape, I mean, when you're seeing highlights, it's showing it from all the years. So I was trying mm-hmm. to piece together what I could tell with some of the older tape, and I think he cleaned it up with tackling. Mm -hmm. was needed to be cleaned up but i don't want to spend too much time on him but what i'll say about this this is a guy who started all four years for alabama Mm -hmm. okay true freshman came in played in 12 games and heck i think he i think he had above an 80 grade from pff like every year well
0: except for the first year yeah his last three he was over an 80
1: yeah so just a really good player and playing Mm -hmm. like at the top of the competition there's it's hard to – so basically saying that, that speaks very highly of the next seven guys we're about to talk about too. <laughs> but what's, what's crazy – What's that?
0: Safety is deep this year.
1: Yes. I'm a very, very big fan of the safeties. So the problem is, is I'm not going to go anywhere – I'm not even going to leave the state. I'm just going <laughs> to go on a guy that I'm pounding the table for more than most people, and he didn't grade out nearly as good as battle, but – there's a lot to like about him, but another safety for Alabama, DeMarco Helms. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll admit, Battle's probably going to be drafted first. He's probably even better, but I was just being salty about this. Because how <laughs> do you not like how Hel- Hellum as a safety, had 108 tackles this mm-hmm. past year. He got 108 tackles. He only missed 12 of them. I don't know what that percentage is, but I like it.
0: That's good, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I like it. And he even gets involved to get some picks. You know, he only had one this past year. The previous year he had three. But he gets up there around the line of scrimmage, getting some tackles for a loss. I just really like him. Mm-hmm. I really like him. I mean, and I don't know if I said his size, 6'1", 208, so he's basically the right. exact same size as Battle. I, I just feel like he's being disrespected. Have you looked into him a lot? Do you know, like, well, what comes- is going on with why they're I, – I don't see it. I think I'm blind because I'm just mad.
0: Right. I think it's speaking right, <laughs> so the rage. It's because he yes.
1: has... Two other guys
0: on the the team with him that people are rating ahead of him for whatever reason, maybe because they make some bigger splash plays. But this is a this is definitely a it's not just the traditional safety because he's had 87, 108 tackles last two seasons. He also had seven passes defense this year. So he's a guy, and this is this is where you talk about positional value and and where you're gonna get drafted. Like some of these guys we're talking about are gonna get drafted for a second round. You might be able to get Hellum in like the fourth, maybe. And I'll take him in the fourth round as opposed to some of these other guys in the first.
1: Yeah, I don't argue with that. You know, and the last thing I'll say about him real quick, though, is it's almost like he played safety the opposite of battle. Right. Maybe that – because battle, like I said, he played safety kind of like a corner, mm-hmm. and I think that Helms was trying to be like your old-school downhill right, almost more like a linebacker. Safety. Yeah. Yep. So, I don't know. Maybe that. Maybe that's why they worked out well together. Who knows? All right, keep on your run. But, what do you got? Uh, the next, next guy on the list here – it's a guy I talked about with one of my little beer takes. But uh-huh. this is Jamie Robinson. Mm. Talk about a great name. It is. So, Jamie, yeah, it is. Now, he's a little shorter. He's still right around, he's still 200, but he's 5'11. So, oh, you know, too at least short. he's, at, he's got about. it's too small
0: play safety. Isn't it too small to play safety?
1: It is. But at, at least he's Smith? got about 15 more pounds than Chris Smith. Oh, look at you, Jamie! that. And look he comes in with like 100 people. tackles this past year. Yeah, he is. He's good. I like him. He's got seven picks throughout his four years. You know, four of them came in 2021. But mm-hmm. I will say this, though. He went from South Carolina to Florida State. Um, but I think we both really like this player. He yeah. graded out very well, too. But I think it's pretty safe to say that we're lower on him than most others who are doing this sort of thing. I mean, yeah, potentially. He, I've seen him mocked in the first round a couple times. That, I think, is a bit silly. I'm not touching him there. I don't know. I wouldn't be mad about him in the second round, but, I mean.
0: Second, third, yeah. All things.
1: Yeah, he just. He's a little handsy sometimes. And, you know, I like that six-one vibe, especially when you got these how involved tight ends are in today's game. Safety's Mm -hmm. covering tight end. He is 5'11". I don't know. I like his – I like it. It, You know, Mm -hmm. I don't want to dig in him too much because this is why I like Devin Witherspoon a lot as a safety, even though it could be scary with flags. But he's aggressive (laughs) and handsy too, so we'll see. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a little easier from the safety position, but he's a heck of a tackler, plays smart, um, has tons of production, physically Mm -hmm. gifted. I really like him a lot. So
0: one thing I will say for him is he only had two two penalties last year. So he's done it – even if he is handsy, he's done a good job so far. Yeah, he's not not getting getting
1: called for for it yet. Yeah, and all right. So the last guy that I got here on the list, I believe it's like one of the guys I respect the most, Daniel Mm -hmm. Jeremiah's top top safety. Well, no, because I think I heard him talking about this, and it isn't necessarily his top safety. (laughs) It's just what he's thinking Mm -hmm. or hearing, like the actual NFL player, like coaches and teams, like want to do. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yep. Like he might be the top one off the board. Oh, I'm not buying it. We're all Again, trying to guess so, he's another five eleven guy, so he's right there with <laughs> the three guys that we were dogging on. The only mm-hmm. difference with Jair Brown he's 208 pounds at five eleven, so there you go. He's a bit stacked,
0: right? And yeah, Brown he, he's, he plays. floats. Go ahead. I say he definitely plays like the other kind of. He's more of the old school safety, if you will.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. I mean. You, the old school safeties, you see those five ten, five eleven guys north of 200 that is really stocky and built mm-hmm. very well. But, you know, it's crazy is he's built like that, and he can get in there and get a lot of tackles. He's had north of 70 tackles the past two years, but he's also had 10 picks in the past two years. mm mm-hmm. Six in 2021, 21, four in 2022. 20, now, you know my take. At, a, at what point is it no longer coincidence? So I don't right. want to hear any of that. He's in the right place, <laughs> right time, or anything like that. The guy caused mm-hmm. – the guy caused 10 turnovers as a safety yes he's 511 he has that size he's mm-hmm. also supposed to run in the 44s four so he's a very good right. athlete there is a lot to like about him and I mm-hmm. th- you know I tried to look for weaknesses on him I read some takes where people were saying he's too conservative how can you be conservative when you have 10 picks and you've got 70? like I'm not buying it right like, right and he and might I move up my board. In-
0: yeah, when you get into that, that's where it gets interesting because, you, and again, interceptions are a hard thing to measure with any sort of, of long-term like viability on it. Because again, I'm not saying it's all right place, right time, but as a safety and I, I need to do, to do a little more looking into him. How did he get his picks? Did he get his picks off of deflections? Did he get his picks because he was playing center field and a bad throw? So there's different ways you can look at this. But the thing about Jair Brown was he had the four picks this year. He also had four and a half sacks this year and a couple of oh, yeah? fumbles. So it's not like he's just sitting back playing center field the whole time.
1: Awesome All player. Right. I like him a lot. All right. Get Let's into one of your rolling. favorite guys for, since the season began, J.L. Skinner. Oh, Louisiana man. i He's a guy that I've
0: been pumping the whole year because I wanted to, and I'm really glad that he at least kind of lived up to what I was hoping he would do. And again, he's not transcendent. He's not going to get the same kind of love that uh, Hamilton did uh, last year. But J.L. Skinner has had another very good season. And here's the thing. J.L. Skinner is 6'4", 220 at safety. I'll be very curious to see uh, how he runs like where his numbers are with all, all that kind of stuff because if he's 64220 and runs anything resembling fast Good Lord, he's going to jump up everybody's boards even more than he already has. And he's at 75 last year, 74 this year when it comes to pro football focus. His coverage grades have been solid. The one thing he doesn't do even at his size is he's not uh, a crazy good pass rusher, at least as far as the numbers are concerned. Uh, not that I'm worried about that because there's seven other positions you can put him in besides, you know, someone who's trying to go after the quarterback all the time. And he has that positional versatility. And that's the thing that that I like to see in a player is what can I do with you? Where can I put you? And he had two interceptions last year. had four this year. He also had 62 tackles this year. He had 92 last year. I think they used him a little bit differently this year uh, with how he's doing things. But this is a big man for his position. Uh, and as a guy that you can put out there and guard just about anyone who's coming out of the backfield, he should be able to hang with. So JL Skinner uh, is going to be drafted, I'm going to guess, second round. He might creep into the first if he does some crazy stuff on his tape, but, uh, he's, he's a very good player that uh, has continued to rise up a
1: lot of people's lists. He's high on my list. I'd take him in round two all day. Um, a guy that's much higher on my list than everybody. I begrudgingly <laughs> put him here just because I felt like he was being disrespected. Mm-hmm. He's too high. I'll admit that he shouldn't be here, but okay. I did it for a reason. Quindell Johnson. <laughs> Go ahead. Safety from Memphis. He's a tiger mm-hmm. baby. So, Quindell Johnson. I mean, my goodness. Twenty true senior, sophomore year, eighty-one tackles. Junior year, hundred four tackles. Senior year, seventy-seven tackles. Ten interceptions across his career in Memphis. Mm-hmm. Things are going well. Okay, twenty-four <laughs> pass deflections. Okay, four forced fumbles. The guy's getting it done all over the field. But here's and he's got really good size too. Uh well, not really good. 6'1, 195. Originally I thought he was might even be able to be a corner, but he's definitely gonna be a safety. I mean, mm-hmm. look look at those tackle numbers. But here's why I want just why I'm so annoyed with him. <laughs> I won't expose I won't expose where I read this information. But uh-huh. this is why I think people aren't watching enough tape on this guy and he's getting disrespected. Okay. So I'm just gonna read this. I'm going to read top two strengths and top two weaknesses from the same site, right? Mm hmm. Where do you want me to start? Strength or weakness? I don't want to waste too much time on weakness, this. Real quick. Man,
0: weakness. I want to start with a weakness.
1: Weakness. Slips off tackles, needs to finish more consistently. Okay. Next weakness. Takes poor angles on the ball and lacks, lacks pure speed and chase the ball carrier. Okay. So what'd you take off that? Can't tackle and takes poor angles, right? Right. Okay. Now let me go over to the the strengths mm-hmm. you ready for this yep very good instincts especially in the box sound and solid tackler uh-huh what okay so what that shows me is Ta- next one real quick next one takes great angles in pursuit
0: and this is the same place huh this is the same setting. yes okay well i wouldn't trust them yes. to, to know what they're talking about so well sure for but I'm just saying, relax. like, across
1: the board, it feels like people just blanket put <laughs> strengths and weaknesses, and, like, I don't think anybody's mm-hmm. watching this tape.
0: Yeah, the one thing he's I would try to say like you know, from the way they said that was maybe you could see he, he's really good at diagnosing what happens in the box, which means his run numbers are probably really good. But then once he gets out and he's trying to go after a, a guy in, in open space, he doesn't necessarily take the best angles, maybe that that's about the only thing you can say with that but yeah i mean it's pretty clear he had an 89 this year on his run defense so this dude is at least at the very least even if at, at 6'1 195 is an in-the-box safety at the least let's not talk about everything else the man can do so yeah he's definitely higher on yours than mine but i'm not arguing with Quindell johnson being you know one of the one of our top 12 safeties there's no doubt
1: Let's just be honest. Skinner and Brown should both be above Quindell Johnson. I'm just being salty.
0: Go ahead. I, I enjoy salt is salt is good. It's good to have some salt in here. He's your
1: in my top six. I might even put Jammy above him, but Quindell's staying on <laughs> my top six. But all right. Number two on the list, your guy, Antonio Johnson.
0: And Antonio Johnson was a lot of people's number one safety coming into the season. And so he's you, know, you can say he's he number
1: mine. He's mine.
0: Yeah. So you can say he's I just say he's number mine. Yeah, he did. You did. And I was just gonna let that That's go. Cool. But I appreciate you calling yourself I like out it. on that. Number yours. And uh, and again, he's had, uh, first off, the entirety of Texas A&M had a down year. Uh, I'm not going to say that uh, that he has, but the, the team didn't get as much love. And I think that's one of the reasons why people are are not down on him, but he didn't maybe have the same transcendent level people were expecting. But again, six three one ninety five, so great safety size. Uh, 87 last year and 81 this year. Didn't play as many snaps this year, but again, the, the team wasn't as good this year. So that's a piece of it. But overall, just this is a solid-sized player, a solid technique player. Everything you look for in a safety, you're going to find in Antonio Johnson. And the the that's the thing. is like He already played at a high level, so it wasn't like he made a huge leap this year. He just played another solid season. And 71 tackles for him, had a sack, had a pass defense, uh, isn't necessarily someone who's going to get you interceptions. He only had one of those in a couple seasons, but put him out there. He's going to get the job done. That's all you need to know about Antonio Johnson playing safety. He doesn't have a ton of passes defense. He doesn't have a ton of sacks. He just tackles the ball carrier.
1: There you go.
0: We also forced three fumbles. Well, this Dan, year, that.
1: <laughs> Dan do, I, do I even need to go into anything about Brian Branch? I just want to say one, sta- one sentence about Brian Branch, and then you can say what you want. No, I'm just going to say one sentence about him, mm-hmm. and you tell me if I'm crazy for saying it. Yes. S- safest pick in the entire draft. No, oh, no, I agree with you. Uh,
0: and again, it, because you you can talk about it from positional uh, viability or whatever, he's not going to be a number one draft pick. He's going to be probably somewhere in the the early double digits, but somewhere between 10 and 18, he better not get past 18, uh, is probably going to be where Branch is not. If he's sitting there at 18, I don't care what Detroit did with their first pick, please take Brian Branch, guys. But, yeah, we both Here's the thing. Him. Detroit
1: has such an opportunity in the defensive backs. They could go two corners. I wouldn't be mad. So if it's mm-hmm. corner and safety, it makes perfect sense. Right, exactly.
0: I think if, if Detroit came out of that, I know you're talking about uh, putting a guard in there or whatever, but if Detroit came out of their first round with – like Gonzalez and Branch, I think both of us would be content with that personally. But Brian Branch just... I like
1: both those players so much. I feel like I would pull a, a Mike Dick, uh, Ricky Williams deal. Just be like, hey, get, if you give me Gonzo and Branch, that's all I need. Let's go to the, the start of right. the season. Yeah, I, I appreciate I don't need anybody else. That.
0: But then again, Branch. Oh, gosh, I would love two. that. He just he just knows where to be. He knows where to move. He knows how to get to the spots he needs to get to to make plays happen. Six foot, 193, so he's not gigantic, but still had three sacks this year, had two picks, had seven passes defense, had 90 tackles. This is just a player that knows where to go and knows where to be. And against uh, Kansas State in the Sugar Bowl, his last chance to make yeah, a Yeah, watch the Sugar Bowl. 12 tackles. So, again, no complaints about Brian Branch but just- as a player. Just just draft him and be happy. If,
1: here's the thing, Dan, I will say more. That Sugar Bowl, <laughs> I think I've gone back and watched it two or three times now, mm-hmm. at least the majority of it. And every time I'm still shocked when I, when I see the 12 tackles because I'm like, that's it? <laughs> it feels like he made every play.
0: Right. It did. It did, especially It feels on.
1: like he made every freaking play in yeah. that game.
0: And this is the guy who started out uh, his life in Georgia. Imagine if Georgia would have grabbed him too, Jason. All right, so Brian Branch probably uh, the the favorite player we've talked about today between between the O-line and the
1: Saints. 100%. Yeah. Here's the thing, he might be my fa- he might be my favorite. I'm not saying he's the best. He he's one of he will be in my top 6, sure. absolutely. If we did a top 6 pack, i mean, a few <laughs> days, <laughs> right, We'll get to that. The best six players in the draft. We go. But he would be in that, but he probably would be my like Favorite, safest player. I It it. I love God. You're downplaying I love Anderson, but yeah.
0: Brand You've talked about Branch being your favorite player. You, it's okay. We'll allow it. He's yeah. great. So, He's yeah. so good. We'll see what happens so uh, with him today, with all of the other safeties today, and all the other defensive backs as well that we already talked about because those guys are jumping onto the track at the Combine. We've already heard that uh, Devin Witherspoon won't be testing because he tweaked a hamstring, uh, so a little bit of a bummer there not getting to see him compete against these guys, but seeing how fast Gonzo's going to run, seeing uh, if Branch's uh, great gameplay translates to these drills and things like that. It's going to be so much fun over the next couple days watching all the Combine stuff. Anything to wrap up with here, JP, before we get out?
1: I can't wait to catch up on the Combine (laughs) this weekend.
0: You're just going to be drinking from a fire hose, man. It's going to be a good time. We'll come back to you next week with our takes on uh, who we thought uh, did our best performances at the Combine, who we thought maybe didn't help themselves out. And as we get into now getting to free agency and everything else, draft season is in full swing, and we'll be here with you the whole way with Draft Draft.